Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here. Uh, another mini-sode. I don't, uh, I don't think I'll say the, the name of it for reasons that I can't get into at the moment, uh, or the, the number, rather. Uh, instead, because we've got a lot of stuff to get through, um, and you do too, because I have to assume you guys are just sort of getting through this, uh, I will welcome in my co-host, Josh Long. Josh. Hi there. How you doing? Doing all right. All right. How are you doing? I'm, f- oh, whoa, hang on now. Have I never asked that before? I don't think so. I usually don't care, but today I care. Do you actually? No. All right. Yeah. Terribly, by the way. Oh, okay. Now. Um, See why I didn't care? Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> um, oh, do I have to ask a follow-up question now? <laughs> um, oh, so, terribly. That's, that's, that's a shame. So last week, we talked about the best picture for 2003, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And that was uh, a great deal of fun. And now we get into an interesting, an interesting year. In fact, the next few minisodes are going to be interesting because now we get into okay when we talked about crash and when the time comes and we talk about the english patient and and other such films um you'll have we have a reaction of oh come on Mm -hmm. uh and there's almost always a a film that you know deserves it more um and then there's stuff like no country country for old men where we feel like all right they really got it right now we're talking for the next few episodes, it's going to be middle of the road, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, this week we are talking about Rob Marshall's Chicago, which won Best Picture for the year 2002. It is a musical. It's based on the musical by, I believe, Bob Fosse. Um, Maybe. Oh, I, I meant to write it down, but I Should didn't. All I saw is that, uh, is that Bill Condon adapted it, Bill Condon, the director of well a number of things but i know him primarily as the guy who wrote and directed uh, gods and monsters but uh, yes. um but yeah so uh yes please look that up because i feel like with with those stage productions i feel like written by isn't as cut and dry as it would be because there's book there's music there's lyrics there's yeah. you know the whole deal so yes if you could look it up look that up that'd be great here i got it here you uh the book is written by bob fossey and okay. fred ebb fred ebb yeah fred ebb also wrote the fred ebb also wrote the lyrics okay and All then right, so, the music was by john kander oh kander mm. so fossey I was how honest he is <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a dumb joke i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, so, okay. So I'm, so Fosse was involved and I'll say this, uh, you can tell, I don't know a whole lot about Fosse. I know, uh, I know about, you know, uh, all that jazz and that sort of thing. Steam heat. I don't know that song from something. Oh, okay. He has something to do with, but uh, oddly enough, I know him more as the director of Lenny starring Dustin Hoffman as Lenny Bruce, oh. which couldn't be further from a big, flashy musical. Yeah. And I believe Bob Fosse also did... He did Cabaret. He did Cabaret, which I really like. I yeah. think that's a great musical. That is a good musical. Um, and it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, when when I say Bob Fosse to you, how would you describe him in, the, in terms of uh, musicals? Um, I mean, I think of him as a choreographer, first of all. Yeah. And, um, I've, what I know of him is that he was very precise and very kind of strict about 
mm-hmm. his uh, his dancers' performances. I guess they had to be very like everything had to be exactly. I think somebody said like no eyelash out of place or something like mm. that, de- describing um, the kind of. Uh, I, I can't think of the right word, but uh, how strict he was, I guess. Fastidious? Maybe. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, yeah, I think of him as... When I think of musicals in general, and I guess it's, I guess there's no better time to talk about it than now, because as we talk about the best pictures, we will be talking about a, a fair chunk of musicals. Um, I tend not to like musicals that much for reasons that I think maybe are a little silly for myself. Um, but I think maybe the reason that I do respond favorably to the stuff that Fosse does is that there's a real, there's a darkness and a cynicism to them that I like a lot. I feel like it undercuts the inherent, for lack of a better word, silliness, uh, of people bursting out into song and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think of him as having an edge to the types of, uh, musicals that he does, you know, Mm -hmm. cabaret and, uh, all that jazz, which I haven't even seen all that, uh, all of all that jazz with, uh, Roy Scheider, which came out in 1979, I believe. Hmm. And, um, and then, uh, Chicago. And of course, as far as the film Chicago, he wasn't involved at all, but it does feel very much like him. It feels, it, it has that, uh, there's a lot of polish to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like any eyelashes out of place, mm-hmm. uh, and it still retains that uh, gleeful cynicism. Uh, and so, there's there's a lot of stuff that I like about Chicago, the the movie. Yeah, um, I agree. I one of the things that uh, I mean, I guess if we're talking about musicals in general, knowing the history of the Oscars, musicals don't tend to win a lot. But sometimes they'll they'll pop into vogue for a little while, yeah. And then, like, if you know anything about the '60s, I think there were f- there were four or five musicals in the '60s that won Best Picture, yeah, which is unusual. Uh, n- n- there's never been a time when there's that many of them um, that have that have won that close together. But so every now and then that kind of comes back in. You know, the year before this, there was Moulin Rouge, which yeah. brought it back a little bit, and then this year. Um, 2002 Chicago popped in. And one of the things that I did like about it as a musical is it did something different than other movie musicals do. Um, which is, uh, it, it did something to sort of counteract that bursting into song thing that you talk about. Yeah. Um, I've always felt like the bursting into song thing works a little better in theater because in live theater, there is a, there's a, it's a different type of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Maybe more of a suspension of disbelief, depending on who you ask. Um, but there, the, 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 the inherent theatricality of live theater, uh, lends itself more to that sort of thing, which seems counterintuitive when you compare theater and film film. We are aware that we're just seeing something projected onto a screen and why are we seeing these people and what's going on and when you when you're cutting back and forth, that's not a natural thing. And yet somehow that feels more realistic. So if people burst out into song uh, in within a scene, it somehow takes us I know it takes me out of it a little bit, whereas in theater when there are living, breathing people in the room with you, even if it's a very large room, um, when they burst out into song, 
somehow it's okay. Somehow it's less real yeah. when you're in the room with people. Uh, yeah. I can't really explain why that is. I well, guess maybe with close-ups and such in film, uh, it, it allows you to get in there with people the way you do when you talk to somebody. And yeah. It allows you, whereas you always have a bit of a distance on theater. There's, there is a separation with theater. And I mean, with film, you're seeing uh, nothing's made... T- Everything is made to look as if it's real, mm-hmm. which is not always the case. Often, not at all the case in theater. Yeah, um, there's a there's a theater. I feel like there's more a sense that they're playing. We know that they're playing, mm-hmm. um, which is why set pieces don't have to look perfect. Which is why you know everything can be at this. That you know everyone can face this face the audience yeah, and yeah. things like that. We and we accept things like that. So, um, but uh, anyway, I feel like. I, I like the approach that Chicago takes to its songs because it does this. And, and I don't know anything about the stage play. I've never seen the stage play. Maybe this is part of the stage play, but it separates all the songs out. The film does so that they're happening in some kind of like stage type area. Yeah. It basically goes into these fantasy sequences that seem to take place on a stage, but also with a specific uh, nightclub quality to it. Right. And they all are attached to some, to what is happening in the play at that moment. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's an interesting idea to take this, uh, fantasy nightclub world and use that and use a song in that world to, uh, add to or to express what's going on yeah. in the story. I, I thought that was a good touch. I like it. Cabaret does the same thing actually at times. Yeah. And it's, and what's odd is that I, though I just said that I sometimes have a hard time with musicals because people uh, film musicals, especially because people burst out into song. Um, I, f- I find myself feeling torn about that choice in Chicago because they, they go to it a lot. Um, anytime there's a song, um, because while I found it very effective for me, there's something somehow ideologically that I have a problem with in which I almost want to say, yes, yes, I'm not a big fan of it, but if you're going to do it, do it. Just have people sing. Like, what, are you ashamed of the, of the genre in which you're working? Are you trying, why are you trying to counteract this? Are you trying to, I don't know. It seemed like they didn't trust it. But maybe not. Maybe they were just literally trying to do something we hadn't seen, certainly uh, in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I go back and forth on it um, mm-hmm. because it was still effective for me as a as a result. Um, but yeah, uh, I will say that uh, the musical sequences are very well done. Um, the singing is, uh, the songs are very good and it's just, and it's a fun story. I do feel as though, um, I don't love the movie. I like it a lot. I think at the time I, I had a bit of a personal backlash against it for reasons I can't even remember. But when I think about it now, um, I, I'm able to respect a lot of the film and enjoy what I am able to enjoy. But I would say that, uh, for the most part, it feels a little, not soulless because you can put that down to the cynicism. Uh, it just seems, I don't know. It's, I can't, I can't even, I can't even really put it into words, but I will, I'll go ahead and say soulless, but not as a function of its attitude, but everything seems so 
polished that there's no there's no raw quality to it and so i always felt like i was at a remove i do feel like it always kind of keeps the characters at a bit of a distance yeah well and certainly me you mean from us or from each other or just from us yeah and and i'm and maybe that's what they were trying to do but it kept me from i never felt drawn in i felt like i was sitting and watching stuff happen at a distance which one could say is what movies are but there are some movies where I feel like I'm right there every step of the way. This one, I was able, I was perpetually aware of like, wow, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And that's not a thing that I think of in movies that I love. Yeah. And maybe that is in part because I'm trying to think of when musicals in general do draw us in and, uh, and really connect us with characters because, mm-hmm. because of the, because of the spectacle of musicals, I think it's often the case that, you can do this thing where it's all a big show mm-hmm. and that's the point. The point is about watching a big show, being performance, seeing big performance numbers yeah. uh, and not as much attention. Sometimes not as much attention is paid to the characters. Um, that's not always the case. Obviously. I mean, if you look at Les Miserables, there's a, the, yeah. were those ones, especially in the film that just came out that were very intense and very personal. Yeah. And so I was thinking those are those usually the songs kind of like the ballad ones, the personal ones about something that somebody struck something that someone's struggling with. Yeah. There's not a lot of songs like that in Chicago. I can think of one, which is the John C. Riley song. Yeah. And even that's funny. You yeah. Know? Um, so none of those characters really are, are, uh, sharing with us their difficulties or anything yeah. like that. Um, sharing with us their emotions, unless it just, it's just, uh, I feel like the main emotions that I can think of are envy and, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, lust for fame or something. Yeah. And I guess vengeance isn't, uh, vengefulness, I guess, isn't really an emotion. Yeah. Strictly speaking. Then I guess neither are really lust for fame or, uh, yeah. Or uh, whatever the other one I said was, but um, yeah, and so I guess maybe you know maybe my problem is just maybe is just with the inherent story of it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, in that it just feels, and I, I don't even mean for this to be uh, an insult. Just it's just a bit shallow. It's not really trying to do anything remarkably ambitious, except in its execution. You know musicals by their very nature are ambitious. And so by just trying to do this musical and do it in a way that we haven't really seen, uh, often in musicals, that's where the ambition goes. Whereas the show, the show itself, and then what they bring to it, I feel like there's not a whole lot there. Um, which is why while it's happening, it it, it can be at times dazzling, but then once it's over, it's over. I mean, it's not the kind of thing that your mind is meant to return to, except maybe to kind of where you might be singing the songs to yourself or something like yeah. that. Um, but yeah. And so as I talk about it now, I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that I, cause I just said, Oh, well, we're about to embark on a, on a chunk of movies that are just kind of meh. I don't think Chicago is meh. I just, instinctively i just feel like ah we're that's we're considering that the best picture i don't think about it i don't remember it it's not it's not to me memorable i haven't seen it for years i may have not seen it since in the theaters yeah and just 
and I think it's something that if I were to rewatch, maybe there'd be more things that I, I think I've seen it twice if I, and, it, and it's been years, probably 10 years since I've seen it. Um, and if I were to, if I were to watch it now, I'd probably find new things that I like and, pro- and maybe some new things that, that I don't. Um, but it is a movie that just, it feels like, yes, it is a musical. Yes, it is ambitious and it pulls off what it's trying to do pretty well. So, uh, sure. Best picture. Why not? But it just, I just don't remember it. I don't think about it and I don't care about it. And, but here's the other thing. And this, this will move us into, um, this will move us into this other part of the discussion that we, that we seem to be doing, which is when I look at the other best picture nominees, I don't know what else I would pick. Well, I know one. I, I know what I would pick. Um, the other nominees were Gangs of New York, The Pianist, The Hours, and Lord of the Rings, The Two Tours. Okay. <laughs> I, I said that because there's a... Uh, I typed this out really fast, and I, I typed out tours instead of towers. Maybe because I just typed The Hours. Oh, yeah. Um, they're spelled the same, but they don't sound the same. If it was called if it was called Lord of the Rings the two ta- the two hours you would really feel gypped off gypped <laughs> during that third hour. Um, and so looking at these, uh, I definitely think that the pianist is the best of them. That was my the pianist was my favorite movie of that year. Yeah, I, my favorite is. I mean, it kind of went back and forth. Um, my favorite at the time was a movie called narc, which I think is that, which I still think is wonderful. I, I love mm-hmm. it. It's uh, boy, I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, but as time has gone on, I think there's another movie called the quiet American that I think is uh, wonderful directed by Philip noise. I did see that at the time. Did you like it? Kind of. Oh man. I didn't love it. Boy, I, I loved it. And it was, that one was nominated for best actor for Michael Caine, but I felt yeah. like it was visually gorgeous. I felt like the storytelling, I don't know. I, I really responded to that film. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's easy. I think it would be pretty easy to say that the pianist was the best movie of that year. It did win, uh, three Oscars. It won best director for Roman Polanski, best actor and best adapted screenplay, which is interesting because there's not a whole lot of dialogue. It's mm-hmm. like that screenplay is just, it must just all be description. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's fascinating to me. I feel like lots of it is just watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an action screenplay. It's like someone talking to yeah. the main character. Get- <laughs> hey, look out. Those Nazis are going to get you. Roman Plansky's reading is like, this is pulling me in. <laughs> I feel like I feel I'm like right there. I'm getting shot at by Nazis. And so, um, so yeah, uh, I mean, Gangs of New York is is a perfectly fine film. There's some ambition to that, but to me, the biggest thing it's I would venture to say minor Scorsese. It's a deeply flawed film. Yeah. The best thing out, the best thing in it is Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. That movie is riding on the whole movie. Feels like it's riding on Daniel Day Lewis's coattails. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, the rest of the cast is very good too. I'm a big fan of Brendan Gleeson, who's in it. That's and true. It's worth noting that. Uh, obviously Daniel Day-Lewis as Bill the Butcher is wonderful, uh, but it's worth noting that Liam Neeson is gone in the first 10 minutes and hit the, hit the absence of him looms as large as characters that we are, that are actually in the film. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's as it should be, but it just, I don't know. It's, I, I respect what, 
I respect what Scorsese was doing because it it felt visually different than what he usually does. Uh, the way he uses music, I don't I didn't really respond to, but it was different for what he yeah. Was I to, think it's what he used to do. It, it was an experiment, and I don't really feel like it worked. But I can yeah. I feel like I can applaud him as a filmmaker for trying something different. Yeah, I think it would be interesting someday if one were to just take a look at okay, what does Martin Scorsese think about crime? And you were to watch Gangs of New York, and, and if you were to go like chronologically, not in the order that they are released, but in the history of humanity. Oh yeah, you go Gangs of New York, Mean Streets, Goodfellas, uh, Casino, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, there's probably others in there, and just like working your way through time. And I, if you were to watch them all like that, I'd be interested to know. I'd be interested to see how I felt by the end of it and what I would think about his uh, attitude Hmm. or to watch them in the chronology in which they were released because I think maybe he got a bit more, uh, certainly with Wolf of Wall Street, there's a cynicism there, but with Gangs of New York, he almost seems to take this attitude of, hey, this is how the world was built or this was how America was built, certainly. Um, And so uh, we can't, I don't know, there's, in a way, there's a, hey, what are you going to do? But there's also a deep cynicism to that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're talking too much about Gangs of New York. Um, but yeah, that that's a, it's fine. I don't love it. The Hours has some great things in it. The acting is really good. The music by Philip Glass is great. Uh, but the movie itself, I feel like, is particularly dour. <laughs> the Hours kind of rhymes. Yeah, I remember not, not loving that one. Yeah. And, uh. I don't know. The, I think that was one that at the time I remember feeling like it was uh, almost what's what's the word I'm looking for? It was almost trying to like push in your face how sad it was. It does. It was like, feel, Look how yeah. sad this is. How yeah. do you feel about that? It's a little mopey. Yeah. Which admittedly the stories they're telling are sad stories and there's nothing right. wrong with that. But yeah, it's almost like they said we got to tell a bunch of sad stories. Yeah. So we're so it's really sad. I know I'm. There are I would venture to say great things about the hours. I like that director quite a bit. But, um, but yeah, it's just not a film that has stuck with me. Except some of the performances. I think some of the performances are very good. Yeah. Um, and I like the way that it's structured. I think the editing is really great. I I did, I've felt like it fit together well. Like the whole yeah. multiplot thing that yeah. worked better than it has in some other movies that try to do the same thing like i mean well crash maybe as an example well and and also the way it was edited and how they used the music to be transitions in between you know time periods i don't know it's it does stand to reason that the music and the editing should fit together in a movie um and work sort of in tandem uh but i feel like that doesn't happen very often. The, uh, another example I can think of that works really well, even though I don't like the movie is atonement. Um, mm, I feel yeah. like the music and the editing work very well to tell a story. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Um, that's my favorite of the bunch. Um, even though I think it might be the weakest of the bunch, mm-hmm. strictly speaking. And that's maybe because it's the middle one. Yeah. There's no establishing, of things, nor is there any payoff. Yeah. Um, but I still like it. I like it a lot. Um, and it is the one that introduced Gollum as a character. And I know a lot of people respond really? to that. Yeah. Huh? He, he shows up a, like a little bit 
in the flashback of the first one and you like he, hear him or something in the first him, one don't you yeah, okay, but, but you as a real him. character he shows up in the second one and okay. so uh so i think it's most notable for that yeah. and it won you know various visual yeah, you know, yeah, vis- yeah visual effects and some i think some uh, technical awards but uh but yeah so of the best picture nominees I'm almost inclined to say that I would give Chicago second. I'd, yeah. give the, I'd give it to the pianist first and then Chicago second, Yeah, which I think 10 years ago, I probably would not have said that. Um, but yeah. now I've got enough distance on it that I'm able to see that Chicago basically succeeds in almost everything it's trying to do. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it succeeds as, as like the spectacle succeeds. I think it mm-hmm. knows what it's doing with that. Um, I think I like the, the, uh, uh, trick or whatever of cutting away to the to the dance hall or the the you know nightclub setting um uh, yeah i I feel like it's it's pretty consistent it it knows what it's doing and it's it's executing that i think the things that i don't like about it are that there's not a lot of substance to it yeah and that i don't really engage with those characters at all and (laughs) this is unfair to the film but um I feel like the way I saw a lot of people latch on to some of the songs. Yeah. I remember specifically the one about how the women killed all of their, uh, he had bows. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of women really, uh, really loved that song. Were you (laughs) seemed to have like a, yeah, you go, you go get them (laughs) attitude. And I I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, I don't think that's really the film's fault. If, if that's <laughs> no, uh, not at all. That was a common thing with the, uh, the people that you knew. Um, yeah, I will say this, and this is uh, also this is. I'm not faulting the film for this. In fact, it's not even a, a fault, strictly speaking. Um, I did find myself thinking, "Boy, I'm glad I wasn't a I wasn't in a theater department when that film came out, <laughs> whether it be college or high school." Man, I feel like I dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, because uh, I could barely stand being a part of high school theater as it was. Oh yeah, um, NCI was in theater in college. Oh, there you go. When that came out, so was that a big? Was it a big deal? So I could see Chicago, the 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 movie, just being a bigger part of your life. Whereas I was part of a film department, and people didn't care. Yeah, people were much more interested in well, what is Scorsese doing? What is uh, Polanski doing? Yeah. Hey, look at this. There's a new Spike Jones film stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and Chicago really did not register that much, but in a, in a theater situation, I could see there being a lot, a lot more buzz about it. Right. And no one, no one that I was a real good friends with was a huge fan of the movie. Mm -hmm. A lot of us didn't really even know the play that well, but then, you know, a few people who were like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jazz hands. They're, they're all jazz hands about it. Of course. Um, so, uh, real quick, there, there were a few movies that came out in 2002 that I feel like probably could have been nominated for picture and I would have been fine, uh, about Schmidt. I really respond to, I, I, I think I'm kind of okay with it not being up for picture. It's more of an actor's and a screenwriter's, uh, achievement, but, yeah. um, it's interesting. I wonder if this exact same, if about Schmidt as it is, was released now, would it get that kind of consideration? Cause at this point, Alexander Payne is like a he's sort of a guaranteed nominee. Yeah. And I think this was one of the movies that got in there. Cause this was on the edge. Like this was one of those ones that beforehand. Yeah. People might've guessed this yeah. would be a picture nominee and yeah. it wasn't, but then everything since then, <laughs> uh, sideways descendants, Nebraska. Yes, yeah. you're right. Um, okay. Um, 
Spike Jones adaptation, I think, is a real achievement. It yeah. was nominated for some acting stuff and a screenplay at one best supporting actor for Chris Cooper. Yeah. Um that's and that's a film I like a lot. I feel like if I'm talking about my favorite movie of that year now, mm-hmm. um it's probably either adaptation or maybe talk to her. I didn't yeah. like talk to her. I haven't seen Ichimama Tambien yet, which I don't love it myself, but there's some neat stuff in it. I feel like I need to see that movie because I like Alfonso Cuarón so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely worth watching, and there's some there's some really great stuff in there. But I, I find myself actually not responding to it that hmm. much. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Far from Heaven was a, a fun achievement. That's another one I haven't seen. Oh, you'd love it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, as it is, I feel like it wasn't a remarkably strong year. There were a, there were maybe one or two movies that I really responded to. Um, but even those, like I really responded to about Schmidt and even I can say, eh, it's not really best picture material. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2002 was just kind of, a. I I wasn't super happy with what one best picture, but what else am I going to pick? Yeah. You know? So, um, so yeah, uh, I feel bad being negative about it because like, like I said, it's a perfectly fine film. And now that we've been talking about it, part of me wants to genuinely revisit it and see what i think now um and just kind of have fun while i'm watching it and then when it's over i'll i'll be done (laughs) with it for another 12 years so um so okay i think we will leave it at that uh if you have any uh feedback about this film or the year 2002 uh you can leave it in the comments section of this uh of this post on the website uh next the next minisode we talk about uh, the next minisode we do, we will be talking about Ron Howard's A Beautiful Mind, which will be a lot of fun to talk about, uh, provided we don't fall asleep. So, okay, Josh, <laughs> thank you for being here as always. Well, you're welcome. And we'll get to you next time. Bye. <laughs>